you are beautiful, you are so strong, you're amazing. Like Every day of life is a blank sheet of paper. More happy days in our lives. Small, small changes. You had to just be with life. To really practice mindfulness. I am not my thought. It's not easy, but it's very simple. If you put those two things together, you know, the sky is the limit. I want you to help me welcome our today's guest, Anissa Hudak. Thank you so much for being the guest in my show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. And thank you. Before uh, we started this conversation, I had a little challenge because obviously as it happens, sometimes before the interview, my laptop decided to just do its own thing and didn't turn on. And you are so kind so patient and your energy was like this is life whatever and i really appreciate it that uh um because when i'm going to ask you questions i'm like you already showed yourself you showed your energy and now i want to even dive deep in you even more well let's do it <laughs> okay let's imagine there's a commercial like one to five minutes commercial about you it can be about anything. It can be about personal life. It can be about what you do. What would it say about Anissa? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would hope that it would communicate the fact that, um, you know, I'm a warm person um, and that, um, oh gosh, I've lived a life. I've experienced a knowledge from the school of hard knocks. Um, gosh, that's a great question. I, I, yeah, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Okay, then you can tell us, me and listeners, obviously I know a tiny bit about your life. I'm pretty sure no one can fully know each other's life. What do you do? How are you bringing value today? Well, um, I have the uh, distinct dishonor of knowing PTSD and trauma very intimately. Um, I've been around it my entire life, whether I knew it or not. And I kind of, you know, life is a journey. And I, I found myself in a position where I could actually help others who are struggling with PTSD and trauma. And uh, that's what I do. And I really enjoy it. I love watching people make a shift, um, whether it's on a mat or just, you know, sitting there talking, um, just watching people make, you know, connect the dots or um, understand themselves a little bit better, or maybe, maybe being able to handle their lives just a little bit better. Um, that's kind of what I live for is really helping people get to that point. I love that. Tell, talk to me about the importance of your yoga in your life, because I personally have done, uh, I was teaching yoga. I have done teacher training for yoga sculpt and also power teacher training, power yoga teacher training. And it, I know everyone who does that says that everyone's reaction is like, yoga changed my life. This is the word we all say, yoga changed my life. We even were joking, like we were all talking at the teacher training. It's like, yoga changed my life. Yoga changed my life too. It's like everyone's story starts with first time we, we all have different reasons why we 
just found ourselves on the mat. What was your reason to go there? First of all, to start yoga and then become a teacher of yoga. And student of yoga, we all stay students. Well, I had always wanted to try yoga. And it was um, 2005, 2006. And I found myself, um, uh, yeah, no, actually it was 2006, 2007. And I found myself at Fort Leavenworth with um, my very, one of my very best friends, um, Stacy Williams. And I talked her into going to a yoga class with me. We were going to a gym and they were offering yoga classes. And I, I begged her. I said, I've always wanted to try one. Let's go. So she, you know, humored me and we went and we loved it. And we spent this time together. And sometimes we were giggling and laughing because we were falling over. Um, sometimes we were, you know, just really in the zone. Um, we loved, loved, loved these classes. And um, after the year, she moved to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Tennessee. I moved here to Fort Riley, Kansas. And um, after moving, within six months, she passed away. And I was devastated. And it took me a very long time to get back on my mat. I hadn't been on the mat since I had been in classes with her. And I tried to go to a couple classes and I literally ran from the classes sobbing because she wasn't there. It wasn't the same. I knew I loved yoga. I just couldn't bear to do it in a class without her. And so I decided, well, I really didn't want to be on anybody else's schedule. And I didn't want to be in anybody else's class. So I should take a teacher training course to be able to keep myself safe and do my own thing on my own mat in my own time. And I was about, I, you know, I started the course and I realized, you know, I have no business being here. All of these young kids and, you know, I was a little bit older as a mom and, you know, what do I, what business do I have doing this? And I went home that night and my husband was like, listen, you spent a lot of money. You've always wanted to do this. Go back tomorrow. Because I wasn't even going to go back for the next day. He's like, go back. So I got up the next morning and he said, just go. You're going to be okay. So I went and I hadn't done my homework. <laughs> and it came time for me to do my homework. And um, I, I had nothing. We had to put together a flow. And this one woman was so incredibly gracious. And she said, I'm going to help you through it. And so I, she helped me cue this flow. And it was in that very moment I realized that yoga for me was this amazing gift. And that I wasn't teaching yoga. I was literally just sharing it, sharing this beautiful gift that I had been given. And in that very moment, I realized that my best friend was with me. And, you know, that, that beautiful essence that she was, she was there with me. And um, I realized that I could do it. And within a month of finishing that class, I was offered two jobs. And I thought, gosh, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. And so I started teaching. And I loved it. 
I realized I really loved it. And, you know, while I'd be there and I'd be enjoying it and I'd be in the moment, all of a sudden I realized she was there with me. And it just made it that much sweeter. And even today, when I'm, you know, in the midst of something, I will smile and I know that it's her. And so um, it has been an amazing gift for me in that way. Um, but it's also been my lifeline. Um, when I got into the actual um, trauma and the PTSD portion of the yoga, and I realized how deeply affected I have been by these things, my map became my lifeline. And when you say, you know, kiddingly, it changes your life, it did. I mean, at one point I had to go in for some surgery and I took my mat with me. And my husband said, you realize you're not getting on your mat in the, like the next six weeks. Yeah, but it's my best friend. It's my confidant. I can't imagine. I, it was like Linus in his blanket. Like I had to go with my mat. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I understand that yoga changes your life. Um, it can't not change your life. First of all, Post, uh, can you define uh, PTSD and Zen? Talk about how body um, just... I love the book. I don't know. I'm pretty sure maybe you have heard of it. Body keeps the score. After reading it, yes. Yes, and the book. yes, yes. After reading it, I was like, oh my God, yoga is even more important because our body, just the blockages we have in our body, all the trauma is stored in the body. And what is the best thing to open up the blockages? Obviously, there are many things, but for the body personally, I think it's one of the movement practices, maybe Qigong. For me, it's yoga. So tell me what is PTSD and talk to me more about how trauma is stored in the body. And first of all, uh, where should we start opening, opening up these blockages? Um, so let me tackle the PTSD question first. What is PTSD? Most people think that PTSD is a mental health issue. However, PTSD actually starts in the body first before it manifests as a mental health issue. And it affects people very, very differently. I mean, there's probably well over 75 different symptoms to PTSD. And so, you know, people are really amazed when I say that because they think it's, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, anger, whatever. No, there's like 75 or more different symptoms to PTSD. So let me ask you something. Have you ever seen two dogs fight? Mm -hmm. What happens after they separate and they start to go their separate ways? I don't know. They just calm down. They... I don't know. I haven't ever um, noticed that much. I know they're fighting afterwards. Hmm, what happens? Did you ever notice that they shake? No. Dogs will shake after they fight. I know small dogs shake, but bigger ones too? Yeah. And this is specifically after they have like a fight or some sort of traumatic experience they will shake. Um, cats, you'll even see them shake it off. They have something happen. 
what they're doing is that shaking mechanism actually helps to reset their central nervous system. It takes them from fight and flight back down to homeostasis. Well, we're humans and we're animals, just like dogs and cats and what have you. We have to shake. And so after we have experienced something traumatic, you might notice people shaking. You know, people have been in a car accident, they've been mugged or whatever, they shake. And of course, as humans, we hate to see people shaking. And so we, oh, come here, let me hold you, you know, let me put you down on a, a backboard, you know, you might've injured yourself. And we want them to stop shaking. We don't like to see people shake. However, that shaking mechanism is so vitally important because that is what's happening, uh, helping them to reset their central nervous system from the fight or flight mechanism back down to homeostasis. Oh my God. It's something so incredibly simple, right? I was shaking before my labor, lab, lab, labor, all like nine hours. I was shaking nonstop. That's just what came into my mind. Please keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if we don't shake? Well, that mechanism isn't, the, the flip isn't, the, the switch isn't flipped. We are remain in fight or flight. Oops. And when we're in that place, that's where all of these things start to manifest, the anger, the depression, the anxiety, because we're living in a different part of our brain. We have two different parts of our brain. We have, you know, the homeostasis, everything's great. We do our higher um, functioning thought there, you know, math problems, logic, you know, our emotions are regulated in this part of the brain. But when we go down to the reptilian brain, Reptilian brain handles all of the basic functions, your breathing, going to the bathroom, your fight or flight, all of your basic human things that you never think about. We're not meant to live there. It is just for, you know, basic, bare basic. Everything else is done in the upper echelon brain. However, if we don't shake and we don't reset the central nervous system, we get stuck in the reptilian brain. And that's where all of these mental health issues, and there's actually other physical issues that manifest to let you know, hey, you're stuck, you know, you're in PTSD. So why do we utilize yoga to help us reset that central nervous system? There's a couple of different things. One, we can actually help mimic that shaking mechanism, which helps to reset the central nervous system. Number two, when we live in the reptilian brain and we have depression and anxiety and, and intrusive thoughts, we're either living in the future, worrying about what is going to happen or how to plan for the future, or we're living in the past, <clears throat> the traumatic event that happened to us or anything, you know, holding us back, depression, what have you. We're never living really in the present. But as you well know, if you're practicing yoga, you have to be present. If you're not present, what happens? You fall over. And so it makes you be present in your body in that moment. And for someone with PTSD, that is a huge feat. 
how would you get started? How would you, what, what, how do you do these blockages? As you said, um, you know, if you have PTSD or you've experienced trauma and you may not have a formal diagnosis, but you, you know, something's not quite right. You can go to your neighborhood corner yoga studio. Are you going to get a workout? Absolutely. You know, this is kind of where the difference between fitness-based yoga and therapeutic yoga come in. Fitness-based yoga, everyone is very well-trained, generally speaking, and you're going to get a great workout. There is some mind-body connection and things like that. However, those instructors are not really educated on how to help you if you have an emotional break. Um, they might even think that you are disrupting their class and they might ask you to leave. Whereas in a therapeutic type setting, um, specifically like I work with folks with PTSD and, and trauma related issues. If they have an emotional break on the mat and something happens, I know how to help them. I know how to keep everyone in the room safe. Um, there's different protocols that I have to follow that a fitness-based yoga instructor would not be following. You know, if you think of yoga as a big old pie, half of it is fitness-based and the other half is therapeutic. And we have, you know, yoga therapy for cardiac rehab, cancer, MS, Parkinson's, and like me, PTSD. You really wanna find someone who is going to meet your needs. And that is probably key, finding an instructor, finding a class that really meets your needs. And then how do we go about it? Um, you know, it's a, you're gonna get a full body workout because we have to warm up the entire body to get you into your body. One of the major things that happens with PTSD is that the mind and the body stop talking to one another. That's what happens in the reptilian brain. You know, it's just, on autopilot and it's no longer talking to your body. We need to bridge that gap. We need to bring the body and the brain back together. Yoga means to yoke, to bring together. And that's what we're doing right there on that mat is again, reconnecting the body and the brain. So they're talking to one another. There's another benefit to what we do. And so um, it's just, it's so vitally important that we warm up the entire body. And then we really hone in on the muscles where we know the trauma is stored. And we work them to exhaustion. And when we do that, they start to shake and they start to quiver. And we're actually mimicking that resetting of the central nervous system. And the more and more you do that, the more and more it sticks. And that's how incredibly simple and yet incredibly complicated the whole process is. <laughs> yes, it's so easy to um, talk about it, but then to start it, to practice it. I really like how you said, just go and find what you need and the teacher you need and this kind of studio you need. So many people do not understand themselves. They don't even know what they need. How do they first start understanding um, what their bodies need, basically. You know, if you're not feeling right in your body, if you're not acting the way that you feel like you should be acting, 
um, if you've experienced a traumatic event and you're just not, haven't been the same since you probably need some trauma yoga probably wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, obviously if you have had a sports injury or a heart attack or whatever, you know, you, you find someone to really meet your needs. Uh, you know, if you need braces, you're not going to go to your dentist. You're going to go to an orthodontist. You need heart surgery. You're not going to go see a general practitioner. You have to go see a cardiologist, you know? So really finding the people who meet your needs is so important to healing. A lot of people don't do that and they feel like they're just spinning their wheels. Well, who are you employing to help you? One of the teachers, um, I think uh, he was not a he, he was also teaching, but he was the manager of, you know, sometimes uh, how few studios, few studios as one manager. He was like the big boss. And I was talking to him like, why yoga? And he said he personal trainer overworked him and he had to do the surgery on his back. And he was told that he might not even walk. And he didn't do the surgery. He started yoga instead. And he was just fine. He was healed. Yoga healed his back. He didn't even need the surgery. And that's why he was doing yoga. And that was so beautiful to hear that someone might not even have been able to walk. And he started doing yoga and now he was healed because obviously we still have to find the right teacher, the right studio, but yoga is so powerful and it's just beautiful and it's amazing. And as you mentioned, I want to, um, say that trauma is not always this big thing that happens into our life. A toddler might get traumatized because his mom is busy and can't see his painting and then he runs to his dad and dad is busy as well and he might get a little trauma like I'm not enough and the trauma is already stored in the body. So trauma is not this big thing and or huge thing even though many times it is trauma can be small things as well so I think personally everyone needs trauma yoga every single person has trauma uh, but obviously those big things have even bigger impact on us you mentioned you have been through some trauma in your life that you didn't even understand that what kind of an impact it had it had on your life can you just tell me more about you and your story and your trauma and how you uncovered it through yoga? Well, um, so I grew up with, um, my, my dad was a Vietnam vet and not realizing it, he had PTSD. And so I grew up in that kind of environment my entire life. And um, when I was 18, I was date raped. And I did what everybody else does. I went to therapy. I talked about it. Um, and I found over the years after that, I kept going back to therapy. And I kept peeling back this onion and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. <clears throat> it wasn't until I started the actual teacher training for the, the PTSD track that I realized, you know, I needed to work on me first 
and how all of this talk therapy was wonderful, but it wasn't getting the trauma out of my body because the body stores it. And that yoga was going to be that vehicle. And the more and more I was doing these, you know, yoga flows in this therapeutic way, I realized, you know, this is what was going to really work it out of my body. Then when I coupled it with talk therapy, the talk therapy was, it was not easy, but it was, um, deeper and I was able to process more. And now when I talk about my first rape, um, I'm not emotionally charged by it, which is a really wonderful thing. Um, I can see it in my mind's eye. It, it's like a movie reel. It's in black and white, but I don't get emotionally charged from it. And that's a really significant thing. Um, just recently, um, last week I was watching a movie and there was a rape scene in it. And I generally, I, I can't watch that on, on TV. I just can't watch it. And, um, I was actually able to sit there and watch the whole thing. And I didn't run from the room. Um, did it move me? Did it affect me? Yes. But I wasn't emotionally charged from it in a way where it, it was detrimental to me. And I was like, wow, that's huge. I can really see the, my progress of healing. Um, I, I never thought that I would be able to actually see that, you know, watch that on TV and, and not be, you know, emotionally charged by it. So that was really really big for me. About uh, five and a half years ago, I was raped again. And I kind of sat down with myself and I put on my clinician hat and I said, okay, what would you tell your client in this moment? What would you prescribe? What, you know, what would you tell them to do? And I said, okay, that's all right. Here's my list of things. And then I took my clinician hat off and I put my me hat on and I said, all right, now I got to get to work. And I put myself through my own paces and, um, you know, I'm still working on it. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still in talk therapy about it. I'm still working it through on my mat and that's okay. But I know that I am so much farther along in my processing of it and healing from it than I was for my first rape. I mean, my first rape took 25 years to work through. This is taking a lot faster. And maybe because I've done it before, maybe because, you know, I don't know the answer. However, I know that adding, you know, yoga, um, my talk therapy, I, again, you know, finding people who meet your needs. My talk therapist specializes in um, sexual violence. So, you know, if you're going to get yourself a therapist, make sure if it's just a family therapist, well, are they really going to be able to help you address your needs? If you've been sexually assaulted, like I was, I needed somebody who really focused in on and knew sexual violence. And that's all they did. That has helped tremendously 
finding someone again who meets my needs. And then, you know, medications. There is nothing wrong with taking a pill. Um, better living through chemistry, as they say. And those three things have really made a huge difference this time around in my healing. How can we support people around us? We, not everyone knows about yoga. Not everyone is a yoga teacher, but we all have someone in our life who has been through a big trauma. Or maybe it's us, maybe it's someone who is listening and they want to support themselves because they don't have anyone around to, for them to be their safe space. How can we, what, what are some questions we can ask or what are some active listening? Is it just hold this space? How can we support the people we have in our lives who we know went through a bigger trauma? You know, obviously if people want to talk, um, giving them that space, that, that really um, beautiful, confident space to do that. No judgments. Um, and that's, that's why getting a therapist is really great because there is no judgment there. And you can say whatever you want and um, nobody's ever gonna hold it against you, if you will. Um, When a person is dealing with PTSD, a lot of times they have to hit rock bottom. It's kind of like dealing with um, an alcoholic or a, a drug addict. They really have to hit rock bottom before they can ask for the help that they need. And sometimes it's just sitting there waiting for that person to do that. Buddy is making an appearance. He needed to come and say hello. Um, really waiting for that person to get to that point where they're asking for help. Um, you know, you can't force an alcoholic to detox. They have to want to do it on their own. The same is with someone who's experienced trauma. You could suggest that they see a therapist. You could suggest that they get on a yoga mat. But until that person is ready to accept the help and want the help. There's nothing you can do. So when we try to fix people and tell them how to feel better quickly because we don't have space inside of us. We don't listen to ourselves enough to have the space to sit there and listen to anyone's pain. And I think it is okay to tell a friend or whoever that you don't have space instead of telling them what to do and adding on their pain. I think it's better to just say that, apologize and say that you just don't know what to do and you don't have space because some people don't and it's okay. And it's okay, we, we all are different. When people come to you, um, I would love to know, is it that they specifically come to you and they tell you that they have PTSD or do you just like kind of understand while working with them as a yoga teacher? And also, can you notice notice if someone in the room has a PTSD immediately? Is it that noticeable or just varies um, from degree of trauma? Um, there are different degrees of, of how people, you know, present their PTSD. 
Um, I generally know, you know, give me five minutes in a room with somebody and I generally know um, they will, they'll give it up. And, but I'm also trained to see it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I will say that it's made me a little bit more um, open to when people react a certain way. You know, I kind of sit back and say, hmm, wonder why they're reacting that way. Wonder if it's because they have something else going on. Um, again, because we're working from that reptilian brain, we don't have any real control over our emotional center in our brain. And so, <clears throat> you know, we can react strangely to different situations. Strangely. I like that word, strangely. Look for strange reactions. Whether they're over the top or, you know, somebody falls and breaks their arm and somebody's laughing at them, you know, something that could be very odd or it could be um, a, lot of, a lot of anger. Um, also a lot of crying. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that, that people do to show their, their PTSD. Um, generally, when I had an in-person class uh, pre-COVID, I generally spoke to people before they started my class. And I, I asked them just briefly, tell me what, you know, your trauma was. Um, because again, I had to keep everybody in that room safe. So I needed to know what I was dealing with. And what do you mean by keep them safe? <clears throat> Somebody was to have a reaction on a mat. You know, there are different things that you keep, uh, different protocols you kind of keep in place in a room. Um, also too, my yoga class is very different than a regular yoga class. Um, you know, I never leave my mat. I hardly ever touch my clients, my students. Um, you know, a lot of teachers will walk around the room. I won't ever walk around the room. Why is it so? Because people with trauma or PTSD, they're like, where is she going? Why is she behind me? I don't want somebody behind me. Mm. It could trigger them. Wow. Um, the lights, I never turn the lights off. Lights always remain on, even during Shavasana. Shavasana is different. Generally, at final relaxation, we, we go into what we call corpse pose, Shavasana. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like spread eagle on the floor. Well, that could be way too open for people. And so in my class, you can have pillows and blankets and lay on your sides or lay on your stomach or however you can be comfortable. That means curling up in the fetal position, then by all means, you do you. You're never alone with your thoughts. I talk the entire class. I'm not a talk therapist. I'm there to help you move the trauma out of your body. And so we move the body. But in the same token, because I'm not a talk therapist, I don't want to leave you alone with your thoughts. You know, when, when it's silent, that's where the scary shit happens, excuse me. That's the mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Yes, it is. And so uh, we talk, it's an interactive class. We talk about food, we talk about sports, we talk about what everybody's doing that weekend, whatever. But we talk the entire class. And then when it comes time for Shavasana, for final relaxation, I read to them. There's beautiful yoga poetry, or I'll read, uh, the emotional aspects of uh, essential oils, 
and I, I read to them. So that way they're, again, they're not alone with their thoughts. They don't, they don't have to go to that scary place of silence. So my class is very, very different. It is. And, you know, it, and that's why you're getting something very different in that type of class than you would in your regular fitness-based class. And it's scientifically <laughs> done this way because we're really working with what's going on in your body. Everybody thinks that yoga is this, you know, new age thing and, you know, it's all hocus pocus or whatever. No, it's actually, I hate to tell you, it's all science. When I started my yoga teaching journey and I realized how much science was involved, and especially when I got into the, the trauma track, I was just floored how much science I was really getting into, a lot of biology, a lot of psychology. My classes are based on that. I mean, you know, it, it's not about all this new age, smoke and mirrors, magic kind of stuff. It's all science. Yes, yoga was not created as a workout. It was, it was even created to support our bodies, basically, because when people were sitting in meditation for hours and hours, they needed for the, it's a support. Literally, it is a support. I just had this realization. It is literally a support for your body. It is a tool for your body. It's like meant to be your body's best friend to support it and let the energy move in and out and take everything out, whatever is, doesn't belong to your body. I love that. I love that. I never thought that I never knew. I didn't even know that there is PTSD yoga, to be honest. And whatever you just said, you never leave your mat. You are always in front of them. That makes so much sense. It's like, obviously, because if someone has a trauma, if it, it, it is a rape or any trauma, like big trauma, they do not want you to touch them. They do not want to be like, oh, where is she going? Wow, they're just so beautiful and wonderful. What was the most maybe emotional feedback you ever gotten from a client or the most emotional story that maybe affected you in a different way than other clients affect you? Um, when people start crying on their mats in my class, and, and, and it happens pretty regularly, which is great, which is great because, um, and I celebrate that. And so my students know that. If they know if they're going to cry on my mat, I'm going to cheer them on. Get it out of you. Cry. Get it out of you. You don't have to carry that. Let it go. Cry. This is wonderful. This is a great thing. Keep crying. Here's the tissues. Like I cheer them on to cry because they're releasing. And that's what yoga is about. Yoga is about releasing. Get it out of you. You don't have to carry that baggage. And so my, my students know this. And so I had a new girl. She had started with me. This is probably, you know, maybe fifth class with me. And she started crying. And all of my students around her knew what was going to happen. And so I passed her the tissues. 
And I said, just keep going, keep crying. This is wonderful. Keep going, cry, cry it out. And all of the women around her said, keep going, keep crying, let it go, let it out. And they all were cheering her on. We were all cheering this woman on to cry. She didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to tell us what was happening. It didn't matter. Whatever she was working on, we just, we all cheered her on to cry. And later that night, I got a message from her. And she said, I was so embarrassed to have that breakdown on my mat tonight. And yet somehow you made it okay. And not only did you make it okay, but everyone in your class knew and they made it okay. And I wasn't embarrassed anymore. And I did, I wanted to release it all. I wanted to get as much out of me as I could because I could in that very safe and beautiful space. And it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't created that for us. And, you know, she thanked me and, you know, she said, I may not be in class for a while because I'm, I'm working on something. I'm processing something, but I will be back. And eventually she came back and it was wonderful to see her. Um, she just needed to take a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks to kind of process something. And that's totally cool. But that, that meant more to me than any of the money in the world because um, it was okay. It was okay for her to have that release. Thank you for working on yourself. If you haven't made it okay for yourself to have that release, you wouldn't have been able to do it for others. If you haven't been healing yourself, learning for yourself, you wouldn't have been able to help others. And healing the world really starts with healing ourselves. So I want to acknowledge you for working on yourself. For obviously, I'm pretty sure when the first time it happened, your big trauma, the second time, you might have had moments when like, why me or why this happened? But you took yourself out of that place. And it's still a process. It's all cyclical. It just, mm -hmm. we get better and as the cycle completes itself and universe checks us of how you're going to handle it this time or something, we hear something or so we get in trigger. It's like we have these baby steps and we go up and up. So thank you so much for working on yourself. Thank you so much for supporting yourself. So you're able to support others in your class. It really, really means a lot for me because I care about people. I truly care about people. And that's the biggest, you said no money can bring you that much joy. And that's true. Like helping another human being, it just, this is to you. Do more, do more. Go girl, go girl, go girl. I'm loving our conversation. If people are loving this conversation as well, where can they find you? I will link everything that you will mention in the description box, but how can they get more of you? Well, you can find me at my website, which is um, traumahealingyoga.com. And I'm kind of like a bad penny on social media. I, I turn up at most places, Trauma Healing Yoga, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I don't do TikTok or Snapchat. I, I'm, I'm not that young, you know. <laughs> but you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. And I'm, I'm even on Pinterest. But um, 
right now I'm working on creating a membership for women who are like me, who have been sexually assaulted. And it's going to have um, live yoga sessions with me, recorded yoga sessions with me, um, which is really important because, you know, at 3 a.m. when you wake up and your mind is spinning, you can't get into a yoga class generally. And so this is, you know, you can get into a therapeutic yoga session with me at that point. There's going to be recorded meditations and yoga nidras and, um, and then all kinds of education because there's more than one way to heal. And we know about talk therapy, we know about meds, but then there's all kinds of holistic things that you can do. And again, everything's based on science. None of it's magic. It's not voodoo. It's all based on science. And so we kind of go, we delve deeper into that. Um, you know, what to eat for your PTSD to help you heal? You know, uh, what should you be listening to? Uh, what should you be smelling? You know, all these kinds of things. Um, and why? What is the science behind it? Because what I found in my journey is that when I understood the science behind it, I was like, well, of course I need to do this. That, this is a no-brainer. This makes perfect sense. And what people don't realize is that a lot of this is really science-based. And when you understand the science behind it, it makes more sense. So um, that's what I'm getting ready to launch right now. It's called Phoenix Women. And um, that'll be right after the new year. Perfect. I think if people have not been sexually assaulted, I think it will be helpful for them as well if they have any other big trauma because science is science, yoga is yoga. Trauma ha has many different faces, but the way it gets released, obviously it differs where it is stored, but still the techniques are similar to how to release the trauma from our bodies. I really enjoyed having a conversation with you. Is there any question or topic you wanted to talk about and I just didn't get the chance to ask you the question. No, I think we have handled everything and then some. Um, you know, I thinking back to your first question, what would I want people to know about me? Um, that I'm a, a champion for women, that I, um, I, I really want to help other women who are like me. Um, because we don't have to live such a horrible existence after sexual assault. We're not dirty. We're not broken. We're not used. We're, there is life after that. There is healing after that. And you can have a really lovely life. You don't have to be trapped there. And I would want, especially other women, to know that that I would love to help them do that. Thank you so much. Thank again you. for being part of the show. And this is the question I ask everyone. Leave me and listeners. If is Buddy with you? Mm -hmm. yeah. Bring him if he wants to. Hi, Buddy. Okay, it's, I have a question to you too. Okay, you and Anissa leave us with either one sentence, it can be two, or just simply a word, but whatever just comes up on top of yourself. Giving up is not an option. I love it. 
I love that it is not an option. You can giving up is not an option. It is not. Thank you, buddy, for being part of the show as well. And do you have anything to say? No, he's the cutest. Look at his cute face. He is a perfect. He he literally has the yoga dog energy. Peaceful. He is with me every time I'm on the mat. He lays right next to me. He hangs out with me. Um, you know, he's probably my my emotional support dog. Um, and um, I'm really lucky that I have him because you know, there's days he makes me get up and go, take him for a mm. walk. He goes in the car with me, and then there's days where you know. I need more support and he lays with me. Um, he's always with me when I'm on my mat. And so and anytime I'm online, he's with me. So yeah, he is, uh, he is my best bud. So um, I appreciate him very much. Oh, I'm pretty sure he appreciates you. And you know, kids and dogs, our, our pets are the mirrors for us. So I'm pretty sure what whoever we see here is you, you in him. So thank you so much for being part of the show. Again, have an amazing day. Everyone who's listening, if it's a night or if it's a day with you. And thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Thank you.